Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45 years of experience in children's ministry. I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister. Welcome, friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are very excited to have our friend Faye back. We had an episode earlier that we had a discussion with her about safety and security and some different things. And we just enjoyed talking so much that we decided to carry it on with another topic. And we are hitting something really near and dear to my heart today is preteen ministry. I love preteen ministry so much. I love working with fourth, fifth, and sometimes sixth graders, according to how ministries work. But I enjoy that preteen ministry so very much. So I'm excited that we're going to be having this conversation today. So Faye, welcome. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. And I'm happy to be talking about this topic because preteen ministry is a topic that's very near to my heart as well. Well, I'm going to let you introduce yourself just a little bit again, in case somebody didn't catch the earlier episode we had with you. So if you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I have been in children's ministry, serving full-time in children's ministry for 28 years, uh, a long time. You know, I started when I was eight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, obviously. Um, Anyway, that'll kind of date myself, I guess, but I'm serving full-time in in children's ministry. And I just recently retired from that role uh, this past summer and I moved, um, moved and I'm living closer to my daughter and her family. I'm doing some part-time work for uh, Lifeway Christian Resources as a content editor for grades one and two um, curriculum and loving it. Uh, it's something that I was doing before, but now I have a little bit more time to concentrate on it. I love doing conferences and training leaders um, who are serving in the churches. And um, so that's, life is pretty full as one of my friends. <laughs> You're just living your best life, aren't you? And I said, yep, yeah, pretty much. Last year, but all for the good. And all of those things are things we love. So it works perfectly. We are so glad you're here today. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, let's just jump right in. So we're talking about ministry to preteens. What makes preteens different from younger children or older teenagers? Um, Why why would they even need their own ministry? There are so many reasons. (laughs) So, Valerie, you mentioned that for you, working with preteens is fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. So different churches define it different ways. Right. Uh, in my ministry context, it's been fifth and sixth grade, mostly. Right. But different church, like some ministries are four, four through six. Mostly they stop at sixth grade, or at least that's been the experience that I've seen. Right. So what makes them so different? Oh, there are so many things. And it's hard for me to believe that I now have a granddaughter who is a preteen. And I keep looking at her going, you're not old enough to be a preteen. You know that feeling. Yeah. You know, they are in between both worlds. They're one minute you look at them and they are children. And you know, like one day my, my granddaughter is playing with her. She loves horses. Mm-hmm. So as she says, her plastic animals. And she'd probably be mortified if her friends <laughs> at school knew that she was still doing that. But she loves it. And then the next minute I look at her and she's dressed in this pretty dress and 
you know, she's, she's growing up. And so Mm -hmm. one minute they're a teenager and one minute they're still a child who's wanting to play with, with their dolls and Mm -hmm. all all the toys that younger kids play with. And then their bodies are changing Mm -hmm. Trying to figure all these things out. I mean, you know, all their hormones are changing and, you know, they're beginning to develop and all of these things are happening and they don't really understand what's going on. And so it also plays with their emotions of who am I? Cause they're trying to figure that out right now. I think that's one of the things that I love about them is they don't know who they are. And it's right. up to us as leaders to help them to figure out who they are mm-hmm. and to help them to understand their personality and their gifts and their abilities mm-hmm. and just um, everything in their, uh, their physical, their emotional spiritual, social aspects of life, all of those things are changing. All of them are developing and flourishing. I love too that their cognitive skills are changing. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer that they just are able to think concretely and to think um, just in the literal sense of the word, but it is so much fun to be able to give them those abstract thoughts mm-hmm. and to watch that light bulb go off in their head when they oh, finally yeah. get that concept. Yeah, I, I just love it um, because you can see it on their face when mm-hmm. it happens. You can. That preteen ministry, it happens more often, I think, than even in the younger uh, grade school ministry. And because because they haven't quite figured out what it is to be cool, they're more unhim- uninhibited. Yeah. <laughs> correctly <laughs> yeah. so that when it happens they don't try to hide it and be like all oh, really cool like they let it show they let their emotions show right yeah. but I just love watching them develop and watching them flourish and I'm telling you when they come in in fifth grade and they are still so young like it's always so hard to think what they're in preteens there's no way that so-and-so is in preteens right. and then you look at them and they come in and they're so shy and just you know, not, not knowing what to expect. And by the time they leave and they go up into the youth ministry, they are just chomping at the bits. Like I'm mm-hmm. ready. I want to go up. Like I'm ready for this. Right. Not like I can't wait to get out of here, but like I'm prepared right. and I'm ready to move on. Right. Right. Well, and I think that that's something that's so interesting about this age too, as I've worked with other churches over the last few years, realizing that every area treats preteens differently according to how their school system is run a lot of times as to whether or not it's, you know, fifth grade and sixth grade or just fifth grade or fourth and fifth, because a lot of times the churches will try to kind of go by the school system to create these, you know, preteen ministries or youth ministries. And a lot of smaller churches can really struggle with this because if you have a very small youth ministry, and you're going to be moving your sixth graders or your fifth graders into youth ministry, you have to realize you're talking about having sixth graders with seniors. Right. And so it's very difficult. We think, oh, it's no big deal. We can just put them all together, but they have very different needs and they're at very different stages. And so we have to be very cautious when we make these decisions about where our kids are going to go at what age within our church. That's a really good point. And honestly, Valerie, it's exactly that concept that really got me involved in preteen ministry or recognizing the need for a preteen ministry. Because oftentimes what I would see is that there would be a family or there would be children who were very, very active in children's ministry. Like they participated in everything. Their children were really outgoing and comfortable with where they were. And then all of a sudden they would go up into youth ministry 
And I would realize those kids were not there. And it wasn't a reflection on the youth minister or the student minister. Mm -hmm. It was a reflection upon all of a sudden these kids were, they changed from being the big fish in the pond right. to all of a sudden they were like the small fish in a great big pond. Right. They were totally uh, intimidated by it and they didn't feel comfortable. They were terrified because they, I mean, in a lot of churches, student ministry is from sixth or seventh grade all the way up through a senior in high school. Right. There are so many different needs that are there. Right. And can you imagine as a sixth grader, like being in the same room as like a 12th grade football player? <coughs> like oh. it's just, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And so what would happen is they were so uncomfortable and so insecure that they just dropped out. Right. Sometimes they just dropped out of church. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they dropped out for two or three years before they were in high school themselves yeah. and then they came back in. Mm -hmm. And so I just began asking the Lord, like, what is it that we can do that can help ensure that smooth transition from children's ministry into student right. ministry and prepare them? And so right. the yeah. word that came back to me is leadership development. Oh, yeah. And that's the core of why I believe so much in preteen ministry is because mm -hmm. we need to begin to develop them as leaders. Mm -hmm. And we have such a prime they're ready. They are hungry. Mm -hmm. They're looking for somebody to pour into them and to, to help them to keep their feet on the ground and figure out who they are and what they can do. And, and they're, I think that that's one of the cool things too, is sometimes they're amazed at what they can do. Oh, yeah. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I didn't know I could do that. <laughs> well, and I think that that's the key is exactly what you said, because I know that there are churches that they say, well, we don't have the space to have a separate ministry or we don't have, you know, the budget to have a youth minister and a preteen minister, or we, you know, and, and the idea is that you can utilize the space that you have. You can utilize the, the ministry staff that you have, but you can find those leaders that will be key in helping them have their own space, their own group and their own activities, but still be a part of a bigger ministry as a whole. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't. But it's it's pouring into those children, um, giving them activities that are separate. So they're not doing the same thing as kindergartners or first graders. Because mm -hmm. by the time they get up, if they have been consistently active in the church, mm -hmm. and they've done that birthday party for Jesus. They've done this. <laughs> we're ready for something different. I mean, I we know. get bored with doing the same things. So it's, how can we help them? How can we give them extra responsibilities? How can we help them to understand that they are a vital part of, of ministry right. and that they, as young people have something to offer yes. and, and that they can use their gifts and abilities to serve. Right. Well, and I think, you know, we talk about the difference between preteens and children or teenagers, but another important aspect of understanding preteens is the difference between being a preteen in the dark ages <laughs> versus today. Somehow, um, Faye, I don't know about you, but I feel like Virginia's taking a little hit no, on there with the whole no. dark ages. Like, No, I'm a millennial. I was the last generation to grow up without social media. You right. know, it wasn't a thing when I was a kid either. Right, right. But man, just, I mean, you know, the, the internet was like, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. And so, but right. today kids are just 
inundated with it. And yeah. so well, and the there's culture, no really option. There's no option. Yeah. You know, we we've talked about this before where you know, there were times back when we could say, well, you know, a, a preteen really doesn't need to have a cell phone. They really don't need to have these things. But now the way our, our world has changed, the way the culture has changed, it is a necessity for them to have one. Um, you know, we didn't have it. Yeah, we didn't give our daughter a cell phone until she was 16. Yeah, but now I our granddaughter <laughs> at 12 has one. So, you know, it's, it's a big difference and it does, does make for a very different, you know, different culture for them. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, like with everything, there are benefits and there are drawbacks to it. But mm -hmm. I think one of the things that, that they have to deal with is that they are just exposed to so much more at a really young age. Yes. You know, I think for our parents, it's making sure that they've got those right filters on there, making sure that they are checking. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just the exposure um, the, and the decisions that they have to make on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Is this appropriate for me to watch? Like, should I be doing this? Should I not? And I think that's, again, you know, decisions that they have to make that in the dark ages, <laughs> make those decisions, right? Like what are the websites right. that I should watch? What are the shows that I should, what about the language right. that they're exposed to? All of those things. Yeah. And then there's that horrible thing of just the bullying that takes place yeah. of, you know, kids saying mean things. I mean, it happens. We've all been around kids, right? And so we know that they say mean things to, right. to other kids. Like, you know, even sometimes when they don't mean to say it, they still say something that's hurtful, right? but it happens so much um, online and people right. and, and they don't even know what they're talking about. They have no idea who this person is. Mm -hmm. And then this level of perfectionism of, yeah, and we do the same thing. I mean, I have, you know, several of my friends have just said like, I'm off social media. Like mm -hmm. I don't need to compare my life and, you know, be constantly comparing everything that's going on in my life to what everybody else is. And for kids, they don't have those filters. They don't have those cognitive abilities no. to recognize like this is not everybody's normal mm -hmm. way of life or yeah. this is not real. This is, yeah, yeah, this is curated for a very specific purpose and usually to sell us something, but they're curated for a very specific reason. So I think that they're having to deal with all of those things and keep in mind that they're only like 10 and 11 years old. Mm -hmm. Well, for us as adults, oftentimes it's off. It's, it's difficult for it's us hard. to process those things. And like you said, to curate those things, Valerie, mm -hmm. um, of what is real and what's, what's, what's healthy. Mm -hmm. What should I be doing and what should I not? Mm -hmm. So I think that's why it's so important for us to establish relationships mm -hmm. and even as church leaders, Mm -hmm. realize that there are some things that those kids in church will come to you once you develop that relationship with them. Yeah. Like when they realize that you really love them, you really have their best interest at heart. They will share things with you mm -hmm. that they wouldn't share with their parents. Right. And I think it's good to, to have that open, honest relationship with them. You can tell me, but if I think it's something that your parents that will put you in danger or that your parents need to know, you need to understand that I will. I will confide in your parents. Right. I think that's a very important conversation for you to have with kids when you are teaching them, when you're working with them, because that was one of the things that I was very particular about when kids would come to me and say, well, I want to talk to you about this, but can you not tell anybody? And I would always very upfront explain to them, 
I can't promise you that, but I can promise you, I'm going to walk with you through this and we're going to figure this out, but I can't promise you that I can't, Mm -hmm. that I won't be telling somebody. And I think that that's also just since you mentioned that now, and and I I know we're going to hit other areas here in a minute, but that it kind of brought to mind the fact that we also need to be very careful as leaders, how we interact with our kids on social media. That was one of the things, you know, for me as, as a children's minister, I would always let my kids know I'm not going to be friends with you on Facebook or on, you know, I'm I'm not going to accept those requests because that, you know, that's not, you know, I, I just, I, I always felt like that it was just not an appropriate place for me to interact with the kids in that way. And so it was, it's always one of those things where you have to kind of decide, you know, how am I going to, you know, you, you don't want to be texting the kids directly you know, I, in, in my mind, I, those are our, our safety and security things that we need yeah. to set boundaries as to how we communicate with our kids and how we do those kinds of things as, as the leaders. But um, again, it's, it's finding, you know, ways that we can let them know that we are a safe place for them to come to, but we do have these boundaries that we have to put into place. That's a really good point. Thank you. Yeah. And I think also whenever kids share something with us that may be shocking, dampening our reaction (laughs) and you know you just sit there and you listen you're like okay tell me more or tell me about that and um because nothing will cause a kid to clam up faster Mm -hmm. than a big reaction from us Mm -hmm. what someone contacted (laughs) you an adult man and you know whenever kids do share those things that maybe they don't want to share with their parents us being very intentional to control our own reactions Mm -hmm. because as long, you know, as long as they see that, okay, I I brought this up and they're handling it. Okay. Okay. I'll give a little more information. I'll give a little more information. I'll give a little more information. But if we have a big reaction initially, they'll just clam right back up. Mm -hmm. One of the things for me when I had this preteen ministry was to make sure that I used actually special material for Sunday school, for Bible studies with these groups, because they have a lot of issues that they are dealing with. And, and we can have the ability to share with them scripture that, that meets them where they are in the things that they are dealing with. And so taking time to find special material for Sunday school, finding time for special material for vacation Bible school, you know, was very important for me to do so that they had something that was going to uniquely meet them where they were. No, I completely agree with that because mm-hmm. they, they do have special needs. And, um, and as a leader, I just want to say that, you know, like if you are that person who gets to work with them, like mm-hmm. just watching them share and um, just seeing connections that happen or realizing when we are like going into a place that they really needed to hear that, that lesson of how, how quiet, how engaged uh, they can become. I think that that's something that unless you've been in preteen ministry, like you Mm -hmm. can't really comprehend that those moments can happen. And, and that children, once you win their trust, that they do become, transparent with you and they put the facades go down and once they become comfortable with each other which that's mm-hmm. another whole reason for doing preteen ministry is right. building up that cohort that rela- that group of relationships then they're honest and they're open mm-hmm. and they're not just playing the game and they're not just there because their parents are making them be there mm-hmm. 
they're there because they want to be and because we're meeting their needs. Right. Well, and that kind of leads well into our next question is, what are some, some examples, some ideas of ways that we can do ministry differently, specifically for preteens? Things like VBS, which we've mentioned, or Sunday school or events or other ministries. Like, what are just some ideas of things that we can do? Well, I mean, I just kind of came up with a list of some things that I know that I've done in the past. Yeah. And, you know, and some things, all you need to do is just give a little, little twist. Okay. So it's not like you have to go back and like recreate everything or like create a whole different calendar of programming for preteen. If you're in a church that, that has the luxury of being able to do that, that's mm-hmm. wonderful. But the reality is that most of us don't live in that world. So for us, what we did, like, like I said, leadership development was one of the key things that I wanted to focus on mm-hmm. with our preteens. And so for, I'll give you an example. So for fall festival, they didn't just come to fall festival but they helped, like they helped us to um, to start out the candy and to set up the games and that kind of thing. And then they actually, we had a couple of different activities that they set up and, you know, they had a rotation schedule. So they weren't stuck running the game the whole night because right. remember, they have one foot in each world. Right. So one, like, you know, they wanted to be leaders and they wanted to be able to run the games and those things. But yet they still wanted to go in the bounce house and they still wanted to go down the slide and they wanted to get snowballs and do all those things yeah. they kids do. Mm-hmm. So give them that option. So let them be leaders, let them step up and give them some responsibilities. And so that's what we did with Fall Festival. One of my favorite things was the Easter egg hunt. Um, and I, I don't even know what, I don't know why I did this the first time. I, I have no idea. Looking back on it, I must have been completely crazy, but it worked out. Um, <laughs> So when we did our Easter egg hunt and our Easter egg, it wasn't like we had a thousand people. Okay. So let me put that disclaimer. We normally had three, four, 500 people that showed up for the Easter egg hunt, but the preteens did it. Mm -hmm. People would say like, Oh, do you need extra help? No, no, we've got it. So the preteens and maybe four or five parents would come in. The kids helped stuff all the Easter eggs. Mm -hmm. Um, They stayed on Sunday. We did ours on a Sunday afternoon. So the kids stayed on Sunday morning. We fed them pizza I had all of the responsibilities. So they got to choose. And I'll talk about that in a second. They got to choose how they were going to help. They mm-hmm. set up all the tables. They set up all the decorations. They set up the crafts. They set up the snacks. They hid the eggs. That was the big thing. Once I'd hid the eggs. And they also got to be the leaders to lead the families out to the different age groups. So they were leaders. Um, but they did registration. So they would be the person at the registration table. They would be the greeters greeting the families as they came in. They would be the ones handing out the crafts and like going to the tables and making sure that the kids and their families were doing the crafts. Like they did all of those things. And I remember one little boy, that's when I knew that it was working. One, it was when I was up in North Louisiana, um, one little boy came to me on Wednesday night and like the Easter egg hunt was going to be that Sunday, the following Sunday. He said, Miss Faye, I can't stay for the Easter egg hunt because I have something to do, but is it okay if I stay and help get everything set up and then I can leave after that? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they saw themselves as having something to contribute. And you know what? And they had fun doing it. So like, you know, have some great chaperones that are in there, have some great leaders that are helping them to have fun. Right. Give them a little bit of liberty to play. They are still kids. Right. (laughs) What we did for that Easter egg hunt was they got everything done. And then 
we did. So then the chaperones, I set aside a certain number of eggs for them. Mm-hmm. The chaperones who were with us went and they hid eggs. And so they still got to do their own Easter egg hunt before the other kids all came. Right. They were going to be devastated. Remember, they're yeah. still kids, but they still right. want to operate in more of a grown-up capacity. Yeah. Well, and I love the way you said that because that's actually the the reason why I realized I needed to do something different for Vacation Bible School the first time was because I had a group of parents that wanted their kids, their that really wanted their fifth and sixth graders at the time, because back then the fifth and sixth was still middle school in our area. And so they really wanted their kids to help in vacation Bible school instead of attend. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I didn't want them to help because I, I loved kids helping, but I didn't want them to lose those last couple of years of being in children's ministry and still being involved in that. And so that was when I realized, okay, I need to try to do something special for them to make them feel like the older kids, but where Mm -hmm. they are still receiving the vacation Bible school experience, because even though the kids were saying that they didn't think it was cool and the parents thought they needed to have them do something else, the kids really wanted to do vacation Bible school. They just didn't (laughs) want to sound like they did. And so that was, you know, realizing, so it's finding that, that, that balance where they can be helpers and where they can be leaders, but where you still allow them the opportunity to be kids. And I love that you said that. Right. So we also did, um, we did mission. So we had it on Wednesday nights. I just called it preteens on mission. And so once a month we, uh, we went to a local mission site. Mm-hmm. And um, so they, they didn't do their regular Wednesday night activities mm-hmm. like the other kids did. Like right. they normally had their preteen Bible study on Wednesday nights, but then instead of doing all the other things that the younger kids did once a month, like we loaded up the vans, we had the chaperones and we went to local mission sites and so they got to, I mean, they, they either learned about uh, what somebody was doing in missions or they actually went in and helped, right. but they learned so much, but man, they just felt like they were the biggest kids ever because yeah. they got to do that. And like the younger kids are looking up to them going, yeah. I, I want to do that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we had a special room that was set. When I say a special room, I use that term pretty loosely, uh, you know, <laughs> a little bit differently. I think we had a little small foosball table in there. I think at one point we had a small air hockey. Uh, the furniture was a little bit different so that they could like, because, you know, girls love to talk, right? So, you know, the boys were playing foosball and stuff and the girls were sitting in the corner all chit-chatting. Um, so their their room was set up a little bit differently yeah. than the typical uh, children's classroom. Right. We did that on a bu- on like a, a shoestring budget, oh, yeah. believe me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it also helped them to, to just be, they were just set apart just a little mm-hmm. bit. But I tell you, um, one of the things that a lot of my children's minister friends said, you are a crazy person for doing this. Like, I don't know how you pull this off, but we take an annual mission trip Mm -hmm. with the preteens. Yeah. And, um, and I tell them at the beginning of the year, like we have a parent meeting right at the beginning of the year and I lay it all out because I'm a, one of my firm, one of my firm philosophies is it's not fair of me to expect this from you if you don't know that I expect it of you. Right. Mm -hmm. So we go in with a very clear sense of expectations. Mm -hmm. We talk about the trip. Like I lay that out. But what I say is not everybody in this room is going on this trip. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to earn the right to go on the trip. Mm -hmm. And parents, if your child is not faithfully attending, if he is not participating, 
if I'm constantly having behavior issues, yeah, you could write me a check for $5,000. And that child is still not going on this trip because yeah. we have to be able to trust that we can take them. Because we went, I mean, we would go, well, we've gone all the way up to Kentucky. Like, I know that's not that far for you, but Louisiana, Kentucky's a long way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I love that idea because that was one of the things that we always did as well. Because you you have those ages, if you can start with missions and have certain Mm -hmm. things that they get to do at certain ages. And like you said, you know, doing something locally, but then being able to move to maybe a different city or another state. And then, you know, and then our youth, our high school kids, we actually would take, you know, out of the country, we we would do another uh, country type mission trip. And so it's, it's building that missions from early, but then realizing each age gets to have a different responsibility. And so you, you bring it up a little bit as they get older. And so, yeah. And you start I love training pretense. Oh yeah. So by the time they go up into student ministry mm-hmm. and they're talking about going to this camp or whatever, right? they're not scared because they've already done it. Mm-hmm. They know what to expect. Um, our former student minister said, I can always tell the kids that came up, in the preteen ministry mm-hmm. because of their mindset, the way that they just jump in. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to tell them every little thing to do mm-hmm. and they feel absolutely comfortable with doing it because right. they've been trained. They've, they've, they've already had that training. So when they come up, it's, they're not just faced with or bombarded, I guess, with all of these new things that are coming at them all at once. They're things that right. they're familiar with already doing. Right. So awesome. Yeah, I love preteen ministry. <laughs> so much fun. Uh, well, and that kind of leads well into um, our next question is, you know, how can we facilitate a smooth transition into mm-hmm. student ministry? We've sort of touched on this throughout already, but, yeah. you know, just trying to be intentional in that transition mm-hmm. time. Hey, you know what? I think you just hit on the right word. You have to be intentional. Like you have to realize what the value of it is. Mm-hmm. You have to help them to understand that they do have something of value to contribute. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things, so let me go back and say, again, this is just something that we stumbled upon and anybody who's listening can like take it and fine tune it to their own concept. Mm-hmm. But we have an area here, like, you know, I, I live in South Louisiana, so, you know, it's flat, it's the marshes, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's an area that's not too far from here, but it was about an hour and a half away, I guess, from our church in New Orleans, maybe two hours. And so it's a hiking trail. And so on that hiking trail, like there are big, big boulders. I mean, somebody from Colorado is listening. They're going to be laughing. Okay. But for <laughs> us in South Louisiana, like there were pretty big rocks and like cliffs right. and so forth. And so we took the preteens on a hiking trip. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we found with that was, you know, there were plenty of those places, those passes, those you had to go between rocks. You couldn't do it when you were by yourself. Mm-hmm. They had to help one another. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what happened was, it was this new group that came in and they didn't really know each other. Well, all of a sudden they're on a two hour bus ride and then they're in a place where they have to help each other. Mm-hmm. And so they built up relationships, but I think that giving them that core group of these are my buddies, we've mm-hmm. shared all these experiences together. You start to build up those relationships, right? They move up into the youth ministry. They're not just little islands. Right. They have this, this whole group and so they know that hey I might be walking into a strange place mm-hmm. but I'll be here with my friends who know me and we have a lot of things in common yeah. and we know about each other and so I don't have to worry about what those 12th graders are doing mm-hmm. because 
I'm with my group. I actually had a youth minister one time who came to me and said, um, I think you might be doing too good of a job with this preteen ministry. And I was like, why? And he said, they have such a strong bond oh. that like other kids from the youth group are going in and trying to like <laughs> the group and they don't want to have anything to do with them because they're right. just having fun. Like they're in their own little world. And I laughed. I was like, well, I'm not sure if that's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> But I thought, okay, then it's working. Like those mm-hmm. trips they took those experiences that they've shared together right it's working because they have bonded and mm-hmm. that's key none of us want to be in a place where we just feel isolated and we don't fit in mm-hmm. so let them know that there is a place for them and that they do fit in right yeah. right well and i think you hit the key there it's it's building relationships and and making sure that they feel seen because so many times our kids don't have other opportunities to feel seen places. And so for us to be able to do that, to really invest in them and to find programs and things that they can do that are going to really help them be seen, I think this is incredibly important. I like the way that you said that too, Valerie, of being seen, because in my years of experience of taking them to different places, I would like to say to a leader, if you are contemplating taking your group someplace, you need to have a very good conversation with wherever it is that you're taking them because it hasn't always been my experience that you take a group of preteens when, when they find out, well, how old are the kids that are coming? Well, they're in fifth and sixth grade. Sometimes they have the mindset of, Oh, here they go. Like they're going to tear up (laughs) or whatever, Mm -hmm. or they can't really do anything constructive. Right. And so they just give them like little menial tasks. Yeah. But look for a place that's going to really value them, that will really respect them, mm-hmm. treat them respectfully. And you will see that those preteens will just, they will give everything that they have. I mean, mm-hmm. I've taken them in places. We've gone to Texas um, and I'll just give this shout out because I love this organization, but Mission Waco in Texas. Mm-hmm. I love working with Mission Waco because when we bring our kids there, they look at them as, a group of potential leaders, right? And they treat them, they treat them with respect and they mm-hmm. challenge them. Mm-hmm. We've gone to places where those kids, if I could show you some pictures, I probably should have brought some, but like there's been a place that we went to and they were pulling out weeds. I kid you not, they were taller than us. <laughs> and those kids had on work gloves and they were sweating because it was in June mm-hmm. and it was hot and we were in Texas. And they were working two and three kids like trying to pull out those big weeds. <laughs> But they were laughing, you know, when the weed would finally come out and they'd go flying across. Like, <laughs> they were just laughing, but we were having a good time. But look for places that will value what your kids have to offer. Right. Because I've had people tell me before, well, they, they really aren't old enough to be able to do a whole lot. But there are so many ministries that need simple things done, like sorting yeah. coats or, or putting together meal bags or, or, or putting together backpacks for supplies or little things like that, that, that are in your community that like you said, you could just go on one Wednesday night a month yep. and just be the group that comes and helps put coats into sizes or just something simple. And it just really makes a huge difference, but they can be a part of a ministry and it can make them feel very special in that way. I think another thing that we as leaders can do to help ensure that is if you're going to give them a project to do, mm-hmm. I was a couple of things I'd say about that is 
let them choose what they want to be involved. In. So like mm -hmm. for the Easter egg hunt, I had a list of all the responsibilities. I needed somebody to be a greeter. I needed somebody to do crafts. I needed somebody right. to do registration. I needed somebody to do like, I had a list of all the things. Mm -hmm. And then I had a list of how many volunteers or how many preteens I needed for each one of those. And I let them choose. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who wants to be in crafts? Mm -hmm. Who wants to do this? And so as a leader, you need to be organized and, but still give them like you're in charge but they think that they're in charge. <laughs> that makes any sense. You know how it is with our kids, right? Oh. Um, so make sure that you've got it together and that you can, uh, and also lay out your sense of expectation with them. Okay. This is what I expect you to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, be clear about those things and then set up boundaries for them. Mm -hmm. No, I only need four people to do this. Like these are the other choices that you have. Right. And, you know, just set up those boundaries yeah. and then know when, when you need to be flexible too, because sometimes things just don't work out and you do need to bend those rules a little bit. Right. Um, but right. You know, let them, let them have some choice. Yeah. In what it is that they're doing and you'll see that they will flourish more if it's something that they actually enjoy doing. It really does. I, I tell, tell leaders a lot if they're having classroom management issues if they can find a way to give those kids choices, it's amazing the difference and what it changes because it just gives them that sense of accomplishment or I got a chance to choose. I could do this activity or this activity. It wasn't, I have to do this one particular thing. Yeah. And so, and so it really does give the kids a sense of accomplishment, but it also, it, I think it, it helps them want to work with you more when they know you respect them enough to give them an option. So we all like choices, don't we? we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice to have something. To I think Virginia, one other thing too, that I, I think I want to be sure and touch upon is um, have a good working relationship with the student minister. Yeah. So like it really does help if you guys, because they're transitioning from children's ministry to student mm -hmm. ministry. Mm -hmm. It does help if your philosophies are <laughs> at least kindred. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> Like this particular youth minister that I talked about in another episode, um, he made no bones about it, that he hated vacation Bible school. Mm -hmm. And and so he was like turning the youth away from helping with vacation Bible school. Well, there were a lot of other issues that he had. Later, but, um, you know, if you're going to be working with some, like if you're going to be sending your kids on or you're working yeah. with them, um, that's not the kind of mindset because just think how, just think how confusing that is for a child. Right. Right. You can work together and you guys are on the same page. Then that's yeah. wonderful. And the other thing I would like to say is don't make the preteens first contact with that student minister be the first day of promotion Sunday. Oh yeah, for yes. sure. Give them yes. a chance to have some interaction. Mm -hmm. So for us, one of the things that we do with, you know, in the Southern Baptist world, the vacation Bible school curriculum for preteens is called VBX. Mm -hmm. So what we have asked our student minister to do is he is the leader for VBX. Right. Mm -hmm. So the preteens get to spend that whole week mm -hmm. with the student mm -hmm. leader, student minister, and then he recruits teenagers to come in and help. And then some of the student leaders come in and help mm -hmm. too. So those mm -hmm. preteens are like, with him like the whole right. week right they feel pretty comfortable they've already met some of the kids that are in the youth group they've met some of the other bible study leaders and <laughs> so there's a familiarity there so that when promotion sunday does hit 
it's not all totally new. There's at least the faces and they kind of know what to expect because he's had a chance to meet with them. Mm-hmm. Our student minister was also very involved in our mission project for our preteens. So that was another, you know, big chunk of time for them to get to know mm-hmm. the kids. So anytime we can incorporate the student minister into those projects with yes. that group is a great opportunity for them to get to know that that minister a little bit better. Yeah. And my current church does a, just a simple one-time event. Not that that's their only exposure to the youth pastor, but just like an orientation where there's a lunch after a church service, mm-hmm. they go see their classroom, they meet their new yeah. Sunday school teachers, mm-hmm. they, you know, get a little tour of the youth space. And so mm-hmm. even just something simple, just a simple one-time orientation, mm-hmm. just to introduce everybody, get them used to the space, show them where they're going to go, that kind of thing. If you can do away with all of those what ifs or the mm-hmm. what about, mm-hmm. yes. then they don't have to worry about all those things. Yep. And they can just focus on where they're going and like just enjoy the moment. Right. And that's what we, we really want them to be focusing on that, right? And right. Not with the all the scary things that can run through yeah. their mind. I really love preteen ministry. And I just <laughs> think it's just so much significance and it's just so important. Um, in their development yes. and ensuring that there is a smooth transition into youth ministry and that we don't lose them because we don't yes. want to do that. The yes. most, I think some of the most significant years are um, those years that they need to be plugged into student ministry yes. as they go through all these transitions and make all these right. yeah. life decisions for someone. Right. And so I think that that's key is helping them see how the word of God can be with them and help them through all of these transitions and all of the different things that they're experiencing and for them to realize how that can connect to their lives. It's a, just a huge time in their spiritual growth. And so, yeah, it's important. Sounds like we're all on the same page. We are. We're preaching to the <laughs> choir that. talking to each other, but hopefully we have been helpful to someone listening as you're thinking about the different activities you're going to have, the different options that you're going to have for missions and all of the different events that you might plan for the year. Hopefully this has just encouraged you to, to think a little bit more about your preteens and how you're going to incorporate them into the ministry to help them grow as much as they possibly can. Well, Faye, thank you again for joining us. We have enjoyed talking to you so very much. Thank you. And friends, we are thankful that you joined our conversation and that you've been listening in today. And we just ask that if you have any suggestions, any questions, anything that you'd like to let us know, please send us that information. We would love to hear from you. We are just praying that we are meeting you where you are and giving you some information that can be useful for you as you serve your children and your families. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.